going on? Welcome back to podcast number four. Four. Quattro, the first one without Scott. That's right. Scott's not feeling well. It's going around. I know it, man. We got backstage with the Simple Church. That's right. And we're not giving you diseases. Hopefully not. <laughs> Everyone's had one. That's right. Jonah did have one, but he's here. You did here. get sick too, didn't you? I did. All right. Yeah, that's just so you know, we got Evan on the mic. I'm still here. That's Justin's right. still Filling here. Filling for Scott. That's right. Evan is here kind of helping us co-host. You got Jonah. The reason Jonah again, you're the last new guy. I am. That's what I they am. say. I don't even know what that means, but you're our last new guy, uh, special guest. That is. I'm the only one here that's been here under a year. So <laughs> the only one, last one under a year. High school pastor, man, doing a great job. Thankful to have you. Beautiful wife, Laura. You know how long Absolutely. you been married? Uh, about a year and over a half now. So so newly married. That's right. We could make in June. We could go into marriage questions, but that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> it's a whole that's other right. podcast. <laughs> It'll be ten years for us in May. Good night. That's right. You did our wedding. That's just a little bit hard for me to believe. Ten years. Twenty-one years for me and my lovely bride. That's right. Known that's you a how long old time. I am. Also, I've known you, Justin, since 1998. Yeesh. I was a fifth grader. 1998. That's the year I got married. I was yeah. one. <laughs> See? You were one. <laughs> I was See, one year old. That's the new guy. All right, so here's the deal. We're going to try to get into helping people. We understood that last week with Blake and uh, uh, Tiger Riding Lightning, we were a little distracted. You bit. love that line. You've said that around the office bit. multiple times this week. Well, I love it, but That's he right. was definitely trying to wrangle a tiger riding lightning. It's not easy. No, it's not. So now what we're trying to do is, is, if you're listening to the podcast again, answer your questions. You can submit them. You can watch this on YouTube as well. You can email us. You can let us know. Like, hey, man, answer this question on the podcast. But Jonah being the new guy, again, one of the newest guys, you still have questions possibly that may help other people that are walking through things as well. So we'll get into a separate podcast just on Jonah and his background and all that kind of stuff. But this is specifically targeted to those who have questions. So Jonah, I'm assuming since you're still a new guy, you might have more questions that would help the general listener out there. Absolutely. Yesterday, actually, we listened to all the last three podcasts in a row. Did um, we pay you for those three hours? Uh, no, actually, a lot of it was in my car. So <laughs> just a lot of he it. was working. So and no, at home, and things yeah. like that. Yeah. But cramming for today, cramming and, and xing out questions as I as they've already been answered. I'm like, oh great, now it's the fourth one. And no, that's okay, man. We, we've got. Uh, I'm sure you'll have plenty. Oh, I do. I do. There are plenty left. Okay, know? good. All right. Well, good. Let's get let's get into it. All right, so even though I've been here for almost a year now, I'm still very new here. And so one of the big ones that I keep wondering is that whenever I ask our high schoolers what our purpose statement is or the mm -hmm. vision statement, they say, love God, love people. And then we add on it, solve problems. Now, when did that happen? When did we start it's with the solve problems? Great question. Great question. So I would say it's always been a value, but I think the problem was is we didn't communicate that very clearly. So... Although from the beginning, we were solving different problems, uh, I did not think about it until probably the last couple of years. And then in the last year is when we, <laughs> that's what happens right there. There's another video going out in the battery. Uh, by the way, YouTube, we just went down to the one camera shoot it's again. A good shot. Yeah, solve that problem, put a longer battery in there. Yeah. So what's crazy is, is seriously, we didn't have but like, um, I don't know, maybe the last two years we were talking about it and the last year we added it. But the reason I wanted to add it is because the average person, again, sitting on the service or whatever, um, you know, you go, man, y'all are doing a lot. You're putting shoes on, feed the kids, or you're going to do it. They leave for a water well this Sunday to do a Honduras water well. It was like, you need to 
remind people that when you love God and when you are loving people, that it will equal doing something. It's not just sitting back and going, yeah, that's a cool statement. It hangs on the wall. It's like, how can we actually um, put that love into action? And so by solving problems, you get to do that. So we added it, um, and I think it's been helpful. I think a lot of people get it. We've never printed a shirt or we've never put it on the wall or anything. I actually just put it into my office on the wall just as a reminder so that I would have a constant reminder above my, yeah, our little dream board where you write down all the series and answer questions and dream. I put above it, just solve a problem, you know. So, you know, if you're trying to, you know, think through it, uh, I guess when you think about solving problems, let me just add one other thing to that. I think about my kids. Y'all are obviously, you know, our you know middle school pastor, our high school pastor is I want my kid to be a problem solver. You know, I want them to walk into a job or I want them to walk into a circumstance or a situation. Uh, and as simple as the dishwasher needs to be loaded, I'd love for them to be able to see <laughs> that problem and solve it without me telling them. Well, that's really what I think we all are hoping for is that you grow up and you're able to see the problem and you're able to, you know, make a difference in that area. Jesus was great at it, so I'm hoping that we can continue to be better at it. Absolutely. Does that make sense? I oh, hope. yeah, absolutely. And that's who you are. And that's who you've always been of trying to go and not just talk about it, but put it into action. Evan knows. You've been around. For a long time. And Joan, I know your family has some experience with that. Your mom is very absolutely. It was one of the things that drew you to Simple Church. Yeah, yes. it is. Yeah, now tell us a little bit about your mom because she is a problem solver. She is. My mom has, I used to describe her as one of the most Southern Baptist women you've ever seen. And then before I came over here, she stopped going to a Baptist church. And so I... <laughs> it had nothing to do with us, though. Not at all. Like, I made fun of her for a very long time for moving away from Baptist and than I did. Um, yeah. But she has this heart for ministry. That is just absolutely phenomenal. And so inside Beaumont, actually, where I come from in Texas, she's been a nonprofit ministry coordinator for a long time. And then she basically just goes out and just has partnered with so many different nonprofit ministries and just helped out with just moving into different housing developments and creating relationships. And she started this thing called King's Club that meets into uh, meets in a low-income housing development that has just grown phenomenally. Yeah, so she's a problem solver. And your dad is, too. He's a policeman. He is a police officer for about, I want to say, like 27, 28 years They see now. a lot of problems. They, yeah. see a, they see a lot of problems. But, you in know, fact, this is what's cool, though. Hold on, I'm sorry. This, I was just going to say what's cool is, is that your mom and your dad, your mom is trying to solve the problem from one angle, which I think is a very helpful angle. It's what we're trying to do, mm-hmm. preventative. And your dad's trying to solve it on the other end, you know, and a lot of times neither one get a lot of respect, you know, or a lot of uh, encouragement. So we're thankful for mom and dad out there solving problems. Absolutely. You know? That's fair. In fact, they're uh, they actually try to keep uh, my mom as first name basis because a lot of people know my dad as a last name basis, and so they try to separate those two areas yeah. a Officer little Boaz. bit around there. Uh huh. Yeah. So I could see it, man. Well, I'm thankful too because that was one thing I loved about when we got to meet and talking about you coming over is that that wasn't strange for you because for some people, church is about sitting and listening and singing, and I think that's again that's cool. But I hope and pray that it changes to where it you know, is about people engaging the community and engaging the outsider and trying to move beyond what's comfortable because if we can do that, I've seen God do some really cool things. And I hope that, uh, you know, as we continue to evolve as a church in the modern world, and it's already changed a lot even in the 12 years we've been doing Simple Church. We first started, there wasn't a lot of people doing it, but now even across all genres of whether you listen to your favorite church, North Point or Saddle Pack or 
Central Christian or Fellowship Church, you see all these other people doing it, where when we first started, it really wasn't very popular. Kind of ahead of the trend, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, and I don't know if we were ahead of it, but we may have been riding the tails of it, trying to figure it out, but it's been pretty cool to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. I remember partnering with Bozier Elementary early on, that that was a big deal. They were in our backyard, and why wouldn't we help them? And right. go out and do it, and that was a big deal. And you got right now, I don't know if you know this or not, but I think Spud was up there yesterday. We have more community involvement. They're looking for people to read to kids right now. You could be a problem solver. T.O. Rhodes, I think, is what they're wanting to start that. So just really? to let you know, there's another problem that needs to be solved. That's pretty cool. All right. What you got, John? That's pretty good. I don't know if I answered that or not, John, but I hope oh, I did. Hey, I think you definitely did. Um, with that, just actually kind of along the same lines, so I see a lot of churches do a phenomenal job in community ministry, and then I see a lot of churches do a phenomenal job in international. But, like, man, you just have – we've been going at it from both sides constantly – how has that become just something that's been such a big value? Like we have so many different international trips and a lot of community things happening. Yeah. We had four in the month of December all together, <laughs> all in four in one month. Right you know what's interesting? That I you, know of. Yeah, when you're reminding me, I don't really even think about all that. But it is true. Moving. Good question. I would say, like I'm just so y'all know, I don't even think y'all know this, though. Me and um, Robin, Caleb, and Putt now are leaving for Lebanon next month. Mm-hmm. To do, you remember we did the lights uh, at Easter, or the solar lights, and we're actually delivering those and to the Syrian refugees to see if that's something we want to do long term is to take people wow. over there and, you know, you think about the Muslim culture and it's all Muslim and that we're walking into that and and bringing light literally into some of the darkest places in the world, you know, I look back and it really started with Mexico. Uh, Carlos and what we do with Amigo Fiel and all that. You got to go down there this past I summer. Did. It was absolutely hot. awesome. You took me as a oh. freshman in high school, freaked my mom out. <laughs> and people are still freaking <laughs> absolutely. out. Absolutely. Uh, Putt, by the way, so he calls his dad yesterday about going to Lebanon, and his dad was like, have you watched Fox News? You can't go <laughs> over there. And it's true. It you know A lot of the places that we're going, it's challenging and it's it stretches you but i think you would all agree even if it was mexico or anything you've ever been on evan you've been on a lot as well you see god do things in different ways and you see god do some really cool things and so my heart is i get comfortable too i don't like going all the time there's many times i'd rather just stay comfortable stay at my house and not risk it but every time you go god does something in a really cool unique way and something special inside of your heart not to mention what he does in the group. So um, it's really just evolved to where even like our first time to Africa, we didn't, we none of us had ever been to Africa before, uh, and that was 2009. Bill Allred, McConathy, and, you know, Donnie McDaniel, all of us go over there just going, let's see what's happening. And then the next thing, your heart's burdened for them. I mean, you know, genocide happened, and a million people killed in a short amount of time, and there's orphans, and there's widows everywhere and they're starving kids and you're going man look we can't do everything you can't solve every problem but man we should be trying to do something and so we ended up sponsoring a ton of kids over there uh now they've built schools man they built a hospital recently so what happens is it kind of evolves it kind of keeps growing and they need your help we work with african new life over there and they're like man can you help us do this can you help us do that and we're like yeah and then it goes into another area through a relationship uh, last podcast i think we talked about relationships a lot with blake and his grandfather was instrumental in our life and why we have blake here and that we still don't get it all right but the value of keeping those friendships well that's what happens with carlos and that's what happens with james now while we're going to hartford lebanon and that's what happens with alan and african new life you know you develop these relationships and it 
it just motivates you, it challenges you, because these people, we give a little bit of time and a little bit of money to try to help solve the problem. Well, these people have dedicated their life to it. And when they call you and go, man, we're in a bind. You know, Hades, the same way Mark and Will from Audio Adrenaline, they're going, man, we're, we're really in a bind with our kids on this because they do the Hands and Feet Project. Well, it's hard to just go, man, I'm praying for you. You know, it's like, no, man, what can we do? Can we raise a little money? Can we send some people down there? And it just keeps evolving and, and growing and growing. And it's been pretty cool to see what God does as a result of it. Solving problems. Solving right. problems. And, and here's the good news about that little tagline. It'll never go out of style. Not trendy. <laughs> no, I mean, there's a lot of problems, you know, and, and that's the thing I, I think that kind of, loving God and loving people, I mean, obviously a lot of other churches can use it. A lot of churches do use it. And it's obviously Jesus, so it's not simple church. That's Jesus saying, hey, this is what we're supposed to be about. But when you add that, that little tagline of saying, okay, if you're loving God and if you're loving people, it results in you being a problem solver then what problems are you looking to solve? You realize it's every day. So if you just walk, woke up today and said, what's a problem I can solve today? It may be you see a homeless guy and it takes five minutes to stop and go buy him something to eat and you drop it off. You go, look, you know, it didn't you know, change the world for everyone, but for that guy in that moment, it's a pretty powerful thing. You know? Or if it's, again, loading the dishwasher for your wife who's stressed <laughs> out and running around and your kids are doing it, and you go, hold on a second. And then when you lay your head down at night, you can go, man. If it is about loving people, it, it will always be instrumental when you're able to solve a problem to show that love. So whether that's locally or globally, and it's been pretty fun to be a part of it. That's awesome. That's one of the things I'm most excited about is being known. To be a part of everything. you got to get to go, man. we got to send you off. You've been to Mexico. Right. you got to get ready for your next trip. Ready when I when you are. Hey, Robert, <laughs> hey, she, Robert's probably waiting on you, son. you just got to go, hey, man, I'm ready. I want to go. She'll take you. She'll take you. All right. Then so one of the cool ways that we've solved problems is through our good do-good store. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we've addressed, like, where did that come from? Not many churches have a store, especially, like, on the boardwalk and not just, like, on Sundays. Say, say Joni, you did research. You prepared. listened. Man, he was prepared, man. That's why I love him. He did good. Good question because a lot of people don't know we have a store. A lot of people don't know why we do the store. The store was birthed out of the trip to Africa. So when we went in 2009, I did retail before I was in the ministry. Worked at, everybody picks on me, but Gadzooks. It was a surf shop, a skate shop. It had bathing suits and all this kind of stuff. So my background was retail. So when we go to Africa, Donna McDaniel also, him and Lisa own a Fairway Gift Garden. Their background was retail. We're sitting there looking at all these products that these people are making, and there's some beautiful products. And so initially, it was just, man, why don't we give the people that we're meeting in Africa an opportunity to sell their stuff in an American shop. And Bobby Stevenson, a good friend of mine who worked with me at Gadzooks, you know, yeah, Bobby's around. He was just like, I said, called him up, and I was like, Bobby, we want to maybe build this store. And he was like, what, you like in a year or so? And I was like, no, like in a couple of weeks. You know, he was (laughs) like, what? And he did it. He helped us, me, him, Lisa, you know, my wife, all of us put together and built the first Duga store on the stage. I don't know if you remember this or not. I was there, I remember. (laughs) We, We built it. On the stage and and walked out and revealed this store on the stage. And I was like, what if we have a store that does good? And then every time you purchase a shirt, that it could help someone locally battling cancer or it could solve a problem. The cups. Yeah, the cups. You know, we had uh, kids that were starving. And if you bought this cup that helped feed this child or whatever, well, 
that's where it started, and then it's evolved now into multiple locations. It's been in two or three locations, um, and now it's, what is that? It's been launched in, I think it actually launched in 2012, so it took us a couple of years of me kind of thinking about it once we got back from Africa. Uh, but once we got back, and I was like, I think we could do it. We literally built it, I think, in about a month, and then launched launched it in the boardwalk, which is a great place because we didn't want it to be a Christian store that is in your uh, church. We wanted it to be in the marketplace. So uh, Ashley and Ray Tromba early on, though some of those people in the Shreveport Bowser were like, man, we're for it. Got featured in a couple of magazines, which was really cool because not really typically the way that you do business. We give the proceeds away. We take the proceeds to do good with them or to solve problems with them. And so in that evolution process now from 2012 to now, what is that, eight years, it's been pretty wild, man, to watch it grow. So you can go down there and shop. It's open on every weekend now, you know, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So check it out at the Louisiana Boardwalk. And we do have it online, so if you're listening and you're going, man, I'd love to see that. It's just not great right now. We still don't really know what we're doing. Um, we've launched it last year online, uh, and it's just we're still working on it. So uh, maybe it'll get better, and I can you know, tell you a little bit more about that as it progresses. And one thing I think is cool is you always take a special guest there when they come for the most part. Oh, yeah, that's really we'll just cool. talk about it and cast the vision, and Justin Flom was in there. Yeah, like Justin Flom, uh, you know, the magician was you know, coming back, and he um, was tripping. Because he lives in Las Vegas, so he was like, you know, like, what is this? And I was like, hey, man, just make a box for your wife. And he had his manager with him, his guy, and I was like, you know, y'all make a box for your wife and take it back. And they're like, man, this is a really unique concept. And he lived in Nashville for a while, and I, there's been a couple of people in a franchise, you know, and we're going, man, we don't know what we're doing. And we really don't. We're just winging it and hoping that it gets better. But they work hard at it. I mean, Lisa and Ann Allred and Candy Murphy and – my wife, all of them put a lot of time into it to try to solve problems. It's another way to, you know, uh, help people. And so they're putting a lot of energy and effort into it. So Justin and them were pretty blown away uh, as he came in. But anybody come in, Mark and Will, we try to take everybody that comes in to go, here's a new look, try this and hey, see. I know when I, whenever I have my Texas folks come in, every single time I bring them over to the Do Good store. <laughs> do they like it? Sell. What do oh, they think? They love it. It's yeah. just, especially my mom, who's crazy about that ministry, yeah. is just that. Every single time we have friends come over, we go to the boardwalk anyway, and we'll go and watch all that, and then also just take part in seeing the new good store. And it's cool. It's just awesome. That's what I'm talking about, son, making it happen. That's right. You just lost camera, too. We did. We're, <laughs> We're going to figure that out. That's all right. Hey, you know, the good thing is is it, it eventually will be on YouTube, so, you know, maybe this episode will not make it on YouTube, but the rest will. That's right. We'll We're still there. figuring it we'll out. Right? Yeah. All right, you got something else for it? That's a good question, though. Absolutely. It's do good stores, one of my favorite things about this church. So Same. I love it. Not the preacher. Oh, <laughs> he's all right. He's, he's good sometimes. Second, you know, it's right That's, after. Yeah, no, you know, I'm great on Wednesdays. Yeah, um, <laughs> we got a great Wednesday night program. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of Wednesdays, actually, is that we have life groups, and so when did life groups start being a part? Was that a part from the beginning of our church, or from the beginning? So from the beginning, it's a good question. Um, there's a lot of confusion on life groups. We are going to do a whole other podcast with Amber. I think I'm actually doing that tomorrow, and then it'll be up by the time you you hear all these as well, so you can go right into that. But there's a lot of confusion on life groups. Most people are familiar with Sunday school and church. They're familiar with the way that you 
you know, have a Bible study and you kind of gather by age group. So it's like a young adult or an older adult or senior adults. That's the way I grew up in church. That's the way it was. Well, when we launched the Simple Church, the one thing that I learned early on is that I could learn from people older than me and people younger than me. So one of the things I did not want to do was launch by age groups. Although some are by age, I just said it wasn't required to be by age. So if you want to do that, that's great. But there's also value in, man, they're older than me. They've learned something. What can I learn from them? And also for the older ones, they can know what's going on with the younger group, which typically in our culture, you don't interact a whole lot with other people other than the people that are in the same stage of life. So when we launched Simple Church, we did it by region originally because we were like people didn't want to drive uh, we did it. It's always been in homes. Uh, it has moved towards in restaurants. I mean, people meet, um, you know, in homes and restaurants and some. We have limited meeting space because, once again, we don't own a building and we don't have space that people can, get, uh, can, you know, gather in. So people are creative in that. I have my life group. We meet at restaurants and then we meet at do-good store sometimes. We meet at the office sometimes. We meet at people's homes sometimes. Because if it's small enough, it's easy to go, hey, man, we're moving to this location. The problem is... Some people think that a life group is large, that they want 20 people or 30 people, or, man, there's just nobody coming. We really just want them to go back to three or four of your friends or six or eight of your friends, and you go, you know, it's easy to meet in the home. It's easy to reschedule. It's easy to meet the needs where people just get confused on that. They don't think through that very well, and they think, well, i got to invite all these outsiders. Uh, we're very outsider-driven as a church. That's what Sunday morning's about. But when it comes to a life group, what we're trying to do is, is start with your inside group and then invite personally, and that's how you would grow that as opposed to strangers showing up. It's a little odd. Most people aren't comfortable with that. I don't know a lot of people. Like, Ooh, I can't wait to go hang out at somebody's house that I know, you know, no one. They would rather go, oh, man, that's my friend, and I'm inviting my friend to come with me. But from the very beginning, uh, and it's been up and down. I mean, we have success, and then we'll go, man, that was a struggle or that didn't work. It's like everything else at Summer Church. We're still just learning, man. We really don't know exactly how to do it. We're learning from people. Uh, Amber, who just got back from another conference in Houston, she's going, all right, what are they doing? What's the latest or what's the greatest or what's someone trying? But I don't know that, you know, if, I mean, I know, Evan, you've done a life group for a long time in a lot of different ways. What's your, your take on the Absolutely. life group thing? So stage of life, when we started, we were doing it once a week at our house, and then we went to every other week, and then we had kids, and now we're once a month. <laughs> but it is <laughs> but something that's, that's the, still a value. Yeah. yeah, but that's the good thing about it to me is you don't have to do it a certain way. You have freedom. Right. If you want to do life groups in the simple church, you have freedom. You can do a in-depth Bible study if you want to. That's great. You can do a running group. We've had car repair groups. I mean, you can do any kind of group, and you can do it any place, anywhere, anytime. So as frequent as you want. Like his is now once a month. I mean, I've had a once-a-month group. Now I'm back to once a week. And I was once a month forever where we would just get together with couples. Now I'm once a week with guys. So you can do anything, but in the, you know, 12 years of doing Simple Church, it's been interesting because people just get really hung up on that. But I have found, and I think Andy Stanley and them said it recently, and it is so true, is that you grow in circles, not in rows. And life change happens in a circle, That's not right. in a row. You know, so when you line up in a kid's in a, and y'all know, in student ministry, and everybody's in there listening, okay, it's cool, but boy, if you can get them in a small group, I mean, Bobby was your care group leader. Absolutely. I mean, we called them care groups back when I was doing student ministry because it was about providing care for students in a small setting. It's the same thing as doing life 
with the closest people in a small setting. But complicated, yes. Messy, yes. Difficult, yes. But meaningful. Life-changing, yes. <laughs> meaningful, yes. Worth it, yes. I know Laura and I have absolutely loved being a part of Evan's life group. Thank you for so. saying that in front of Pastor. I appreciate yeah. it. Oh, it's in- <laughs> He's been doing good. He's been doing good. Mm-hmm. But, absolutely. Uh, no, we love having it, and it's been great. And one thing we got from you was having that mentor couple. And so we have younger couples, mm-hmm. but we asked Bill and Ann Allred, yeah. who are in their 60s, to come and be able to be there for us and give advice. And it's mostly parents, and, and they're trying to figure out being married. And it has been great. We love having them. It probably wouldn't have hung out with them like that otherwise, but they've been great willing yeah. to come do it. Because you can learn, man. They've been there. They've raised kids Absolutely. and gone through it. And so they can go, no, nah, that ain't very good. Yeah, or try this or whatever. So that's awesome. Yeah. Proud of you, young men in life group. Trying to figure it out. Hey, well, well, aren't we all? Absolutely. So <clears throat> moving on to a little bit about our uh, family ministry, me and Evan and also Christy in there with family ministry. So a lot of our, a lot of churches use family ministry, a little bit as daycare, but you don't really need middle schoolers and high schoolers in daycare. And so what is the purpose of that family ministry that we have? Well, what you hope happens in this again, because I would say we're still learning in this area as well. So even after 12 years, give you a little history on it. We started with none. So everybody was very uh, surprised because I've been a youth pastor for the majority of my ministry. So I didn't obviously wasn't a pastor. I was a student pastor. Then I moved to be a family pastor. So when we launched the Simple Church, we didn't do any student ministry. So everybody was like, Man, you're not doing any student ministry? I'm like, no, we have no place. <laughs> we have no uh, you know, location. We had no leaders. We had no way to really facilitate it. Then we had a couple of volunteers come in, um, and they were willing to kind of uh, help do that. And the purpose at that point was, once again, to have like-minded people, you know, same age people to know, hey, I'm not alone in this journey. We couldn't even afford to hire anybody to do that. That was by volunteers. I mean, Rodney Madden was one of those guys early on. He was like, man, I'm going to help you out. And and as it progressed, we were able to hire Evan, and we were hire, able to get back to where we could do student ministry. And the goal is, again, to help that kid, whatever age they're at, to be a problem solver, to understand that if you're following Christ and if you're committed to Christ, it will lead you to be a problem solver. Uh, he, Jesus solved our ultimate problems by dying on the cross. We have salvation as a result of what he's done. He obviously wants us to go, all right, our friends need to know that. So if we're going to solve the problem of teenagers not knowing, the best way to do that is through other teenagers sharing that. You know and I know we're dorks. It doesn't matter how cool you <laughs> are. Fair. It doesn't matter how it works. They don't really, you know, okay, yeah, he's all right. But if our kids can reach other kids then you have a huge chance to make an impact. I have three teenagers in my house. It's not easy. I know that they know. They have friends. And, and right now in our culture, you know how it is. It's real cliquish. It's also still real church-oriented. This church kind of handles this area, and this church kind of handles this area. I mean, it's the way it's been my whole life in Shreveport, Bossier. I mean, if you Broadmoors kind of got Captain Shreve and Bird and First Baptist Bossier over in Bossier, they kind of have Airline, and Cypress kind of has Benton and <laughs> I mean, you can go through. It, it's the way it's been my whole life. What's interesting about Simple Church, when we launched it, we're in downtown Shreveport, so we're centrally located. And Evan, we tripped on this before Jonah was around and still trying to figure it out because there are students coming from everywhere. 21 Absolutely. middle schools we looked at a couple years ago yeah. that students have attended. Yeah. I didn't even know there were 21 middle schools. <laughs> They're driving from East Texas. Yes, that's, and that's my point is so – 
you're trying to give them a place by, again, a time on Sunday morning, which originally we didn't even know we were going to do it that way, and there's still a debate of whether we should do it that way. But they gather in, and all of those same age, same age group, have some connection points. So what I love about what y'all do is, and I think this is still, I mean, a powerful part of, like, when I look at my kids and hear what they're saying is, Yes, you have your life groups, and yes, you have your Sunday morning meetings, but then there's also like special events, whether that's high school camp or whether that's a mission trip or whether that's a weekend getaway to Dallas. It just gives them something to look forward to, a connecting point. But I also understand, and this is where it's all changed, and we could do a whole podcast on this, and we probably should. (laughs) Yeah, is that kids don't get out like they used to either. Right. So it's weird for me. So, like, we went all the time. And when I was a student pastor, they were always wanting to go. They were always, you know, hey, man, we got to do this trip. Or, Well, now it's like they're kind of homebodies, you know. And I see it even in my kids. Like, they don't really like all the time, like, hey, we got to go, we got to go. They're more like, hey, we're good, you know. We'll watch a video of it later. Yeah, (laughs) which is crazy. So I am thankful that y'all are doing it. I'm thankful that we have it. Could it be better? I think y'all would both agree. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do we know what we're doing? No, just like we don't as a church. And that's why we're trying to go, hey, man, help us out with that. So if you're willing to host a life group for high schoolers or middle schoolers, then we got to know that. We just started two new high school groups, uh, one two weeks ago and one last Wednesday. Right. Yeah, and then it's like, hey, if you want to go on a trip, sign up to go on a trip because there are still trips going. But it's not the size that they used to be. You don't have, you know, like when we were doing student ministry, there was hundreds and hundreds of kids going which is weird because now it's like it's a smaller, much smaller group of people. I went to Juarez with the high school. There's a benefit to being smaller, though. Right, there You is. get to know the kids. You get to hang out with them. It's not quite so hard to manage. It's a little bit easier to manage. So I'm not saying we have it figured out, and I'm not saying there's a right or a wrong way. I think we're trying to go, man, the purpose of it is to give them a place to connect, though, to get to know other people at the same stage of life. Um, and I think y'all have done a great job of that. And adding it on Sunday morning, I mean, I think there's, again, there's some – huge benefits, but just to brag on the student ministry and brag on, you know, family ministry in general, one of the things I think we do pretty well and we could always get better at is they solve the problem of helping other ministries. Y'all parked cars <laughs> at Justin Flom. The, the high school was great. <laughs> yeah, now think about that, though. What I'm saying is, is that you taught high schoolers the value of student ministry volunteers, the value of going, hey, we have a problem. We have a you know magician coming in. He's unbelievable. It's going to be awesome. We have thousands of people there, and we need you to help us park cars. Well, you didn't just go, like, you get a pass on this. You're going, no, man, you can be a part of solving this problem. So to me, that's a win. It's like it's not that we had a huge weekend somewhere you know, that they all gathered and they got catered to. It's more like, no, it's not about you. And is there a way for you to solve and, and, and give back? And they had a good time doing it. You know, I heard people out there laughing and, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. Well, I'm going, it's the same way uh, volunteering. If those high schoolers are volunteering in the children's ministry, that's a win. And they do. And they go in and serve. Exactly. So it's like, hey, there's a problem. I want to be a part of solving that. And we have them in the, in the uh, Sunday morning media team. You know, there's some high schoolers like my son now. Ian's, you know, doing video. video. He don't know what he's doing. <laughs> but I'm like, hey, man, get in there and try it. You know, and he's like, oh, dad, because we needed a camera guy. I'm like, Ian, they're, they are kind of in a need if you have somebody. He's like, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll be a problem solver. I'm like, man, that's what's, to me, awesome about it. So if our kids, whether they're at the youngest age or teenagers, grow up going, how can we solve a problem, we win. Including, I'll brag on Christy, she's not here, talking about families from the early age. He's like when they were doing the water bottles for those kids down in uh, uh, Haiti. 
you know, they saw the need and then they raised it through the SK summer and, and put their money together and bought all these water bottles. But that was also a high school volunteer and a middle school volunteer. Mike and them were going, hey, I can get the water bottle. So the team of children doing it with the volunteers from the high school, middle school area came together and we delivered hundreds and hundreds of clean water bottles to kids in poverty that That's would awesome. not have been done without the family ministry. Absolutely. And just yeah. to brag on Christy, too, now, for me, a different phase, I have a four-year-old in there every week. And what they do and giving them the resources and having those spiritual conversations. I know some parents my age are a little hesitant to take their kids upstairs and oh, yeah. don't want to take them in the fear of it. But it really is it's so great what they do and be able to do that and seeing that in Nora now at four. Yeah, we had my uh, – I have a nephew and my mother-in-law – she sometimes is hesitant to take him up to, you know, and I'm like, Mimi, it's age appropriate. <laughs> they're going to learn things that they're not going to learn in the big room. So like as a high schooler, sure, I want them to be in the big room. Awesome. Glad they are. But you will teach them something that's age appropriate in the high school that they wouldn't get in the main room. Same with middle school. It's like, right. but you can't make them, you can't force them, oh, but no. it's a great opportunity that a lot of parents are missing out on. So if you're new to Simple Church and you're going, well, do they have high school ministry? Yes. Do they have middle school ministry? Yes. Do they have children's ministry? Yes. But you got to participate. you got to take them. you got to want them to be a part of it. And then if you don't have a group that uh, is close to you, because, example, East Texas or South Shreveport, then start a small group. Absolutely. Absolutely. That way you can have their friends that go to their school meeting at your house, and then they rally on Sunday morning and they get to talk about what they did, or they go on the next trip and they have somebody to connect with. I got a real-time story about that yesterday, just the value of it. We had a new life group leader start last semester, was mm -hmm. nervous, he wanted to help. One of his guys this past Christmas got in a fight with his mom and left and moved out to go move in with her dad, they're divorced. Mm -hmm. And he texted two days ago and said, I'm just really struggling, could y'all pray for me, me and his life group leader. This guy wow. had never led a life group before. And he's now texting me and saying how much it means, it was emotional and praying for That's him awesome. and talking with him. And he would have never just, nobody sides up to go, I really just want to hang out middle school all the time right but it's a value oh and yeah those kids that come and get that interaction is huge because they're struggling and going through stuff and let me give you a, you ready i'm ready and you solved a problem so That's like true. if there's another adult that can be involved in a child's life it's a problem that needs to be solved so that there's somebody who believes in them so when you say like solve a problem everybody thinks like do good or feeding the homeless or you know water wells it's not just that it's like the problem of we don't have people in our life Right. So if I, can, if I can put someone in my life and we can facilitate that, whether that's a high schooler that needs another adult to speak into them or a middle schooler, you guys are doing that. So thanks for being problem solvers in that way as well. Glad to do it. I'm just glad you are doing it, <laughs> brother. an awesome experience. Mm -hmm. I'm thankful. All right. then. Um, so moving on from that real quick. So our church is just run off volunteers. We set up every week. We tear it on every week. Yeah. It's pretty and crazy. In our ministry, at least in high school ministry, I have just awesome volunteers. But have you guys ever like, how did you guys, how are you still running off volunteers? Like it seems like they are still coming. It is. Well, because hopefully someone listening now who's new, I had somebody, this is a great example. I have a guy in my life group, brand new to the church. Um, went and ate lunch with him. He's coming to our life group. He was there setting up at 5 a.m. this past Sunday for Justin Fom and the thing. And the way that that happened was is he's like, I want to be involved. I want to solve a problem. And now he's known as a problem. So I told him, like, look, man, there's a lot of people that do it. But here's why. I think it solves a problem for them in that they're connected. So there's multiple things happening. They're helping us solve a problem. But it also solves a problem. Man, I feel like I'm a part of the team. I don't feel like I'm just sitting and listening and watching the screen or, boy, that was great. 
and it doesn't take as much time as everybody thinks. Like for him, he was an early riser, so he was able to get up, go help for a little while, go home, take a shower, get his family, and come back to church. Well, some people love that. Some people go, dude, I ain't no early riser. I mean, I'm not getting up that early. Well, that's when we tear down. So he's like, hey, man, can you stay 15 minutes afterwards and help pull a case, whether that's a student ministry case or whether that's in the big room. That's just one way. Others, like his wife is going to help with children. So she was like, oh, man, well, while you're helping with this, I'll just take care of babies. I'll go in there and sit. So I think the cool thing is, is in the long history of the Simple Church, if you don't find a place to belong, you won't be here long. You have to find. So for us, we find it to be connecting through volunteer groups, uh, connecting through um, you know life groups or whatever it is, or serve groups. But they, if you don't really find a place to belong, you don't feel like, man, I connect with these people, or man, I'm really in, then you won't stay. You'll find somebody else, and then you'll rotate to another church and another church. And thank God there's a lot of great churches in the area that can do that, but we found that volunteering is a great way to get connected because the church is driven by it. We do a lot inside and outside. And we counted one time a couple of years ago, and it's about 400 volunteers to yeah. make a Sunday happen. Oh, yeah. The average Man. church in America is 100 people. Yeah. <laughs> and so we have four small churches worth of people willing to give their hour to be able oh, yeah. to go to move cases and pick up. And it's everything beers. from donuts. I mean, there's just some people Absolutely. that all they do is pick up donuts and bring them. A lot of them do double there. Yeah. They'll be volunteering one place one hour, and then... Yep. I have them with my student ministry. And that's the other thing is why we want new people. Because if you're out there and you're going, it sounds like you got so many. Why do you need me? (laughs) Because you want to be able to rotate and you want to be able to have a Sunday off. Or like Scott right now, he's sick. You want to be able to have go, hey, man, I don't feel feel good. That's no problem, man. Take a week off and let somebody else come in and take care of you and do that. That to me is where I think some people forget the value of stacking them deep. You know what I'm saying? Where you have Mm -hmm. some reserves and you have other people to be able to support each other and encourage you without feeling like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm the only one. If I'm not there, you know, then it won't happen. The truth is we want you to know your value because it is true without volunteers, it won't happen, but we want it to be a team of people. So then in case you get sick or you have a sick child, then don't worry about it, man. We got you. We can, we can get through it. And every other week. Yeah. uh Yeah. Whatever you can do. Some people, again, if you have to start it once a month, start it once a month, getting started is the key thing. You know, not just putting it off and go, oh, they don't need me. We do need you. And we'll have a couple ways to do that coming up here, so stay tuned in March. Yeah, we do. You're gonna have, matter of fact, tune in uh, this Sunday. We're going to have a new series called, which, again, I'm struggling with, but I'm going to work through it. <laughs> the girls came to us. It's called New Kid on the Block. That was before my time. It's, it's definitely be- before Jonah. Yeah, New it, Kid, not Kids. Yeah, because that's the it's a play on words. So New Kid on the Block is like, hey, if you're new to the church, What's your next step? Because they had a song, Step by Step. So it's all about steps. It's about, for people listening now, this may be your first step, which is just listening to the podcast. Thank you. You know, yeah. You're, it may have been just going to church first time. You're like, man, let's go check it out. Watching some services on YouTube. Yeah, watching them on YouTube. You may just be watching on YouTube. Man, I don't know if I can get into this group or not, or what are they really all about? That's why we're doing this, is kind of take down some of those barriers, give you a backstage look. We're just normal people trying to figure it out. We're not perfect. We don't have it. all the answers. It's a way to do church, not the way to do church. But if you're interested in taking that next step and you're new, then here are some ways to do that. So. And we asked, and a couple people in the office had never even heard of new kids on the block that are <laughs> under 25. Right. So, so we're going to educate you. Whether you like it or not. Yeah, yeah. And it's obviously, and this is, again, a whole sermon series podcast. We love taking things in culture, whether they're your generation or not or whatever, and having fun with it 
and using it to get to a biblical point. And I promise you, there's a pretty strong biblical point on taking the next step. You do a great job. Of well, that. that's not just me. There's a team. Y'all all oh, help yeah. me. Everybody pitches in and, you know, throws our ideas out there. And we kind of pull this together and make it work. But it's pretty cool. And that's one reason I love it. I mean, to have the creative side um, is a big deal to me because church was boring <laughs> as a kid. I mean, it was pretty much expository, you know, and, and hymns. And... Not saying that was wrong, not saying it was bad, it just got old. It was pretty boring for a young kid to sit there and go, okay. Now, I had great friendships and great relationships, and there were great things that happened. Obviously, God used it in my life. But now that times have changed, you want to better use the technology. You want to better use uh, the methodology that is available to go, hey, man, maybe there's a different way to reach somebody or to have an impact. And not saying one's right or wrong, it's just another way to do it. Absolutely. Looks like one more question, Jonah. You're going to end on a strong note here. Oh, sure, sorry. absolutely. Then I have to ask the one that came from my wife last night. Ooh, I like that. Smart Laura, bring it. Ran it over to her and said, all right, what do you think about these questions? She said, there's just one I would add. And she said, as the pastor, you kind of lead our church. And mm-hmm. obviously I you kind of lead it. Kind lead of. our church. It is kind of lead. I'm, I would definitely 100% agree with that. <laughs> that was my misstep, not hers. No, it's um, definitely not a misstep. I, I, there's many days I go, man, God, I need to be better at that. So, no, I 100% agree. I'm not being silly. But So where do you see our church being 10 years down the road from now? Ooh, Next that's a great decade. question, man. Man, I would hope and pray that there are countless stories of problems being solved. And that could be anything and everything from marriages being saved to, you know, kids being fed to you know, cancer patients being taken care of. So, uh, again, when I think about all of those things, obviously people coming to Christ, the, the idea that we've had thousands baptized in Simple Church blows my mind because if you'd have talked about 12 years ago, I'd have never believed that. So when I look at the next 10 years, I have a feeling based on what the Bible says, it's not going to get easier, it's going to get harder. And what I hope will happen is, is that as the believers in Christ, we will not get more insider focused, that we would get more outsider focused. And when you get more outsider focused, you focus on solving problems that most people run away from or ignore, or they're too big, or they're too challenging, and that we look back and go, man, we didn't ever think that we could be a part of helping. Like, I got a buddy with cancer right now, Randy, you know, tough, tough battle. Well, the, the medicine's there, but the emotional support and the financial support, he, he's really in a financial bind. Shouldn't the church be a part of that? I mean, shouldn't we be going, man, well, we got to figure that out. Uh, I think of Amy Moss and those girls when they're going, there are kids that are so upside down in their lunch money, you know, they're behind in their lunch fees that they may not get to eat this week or that those families feel, shouldn't the church be a part of solving that? So that when Christ is represented, it's not just sermons and singing. It's the fact that when you're in a real bind, when things are tough and you do not know what to do and you are, have a problem that you cannot solve, that the church is there to go, man, we know how to solve it. Through the power of Christ, through the power of relationships, through the power of the church, we're going to be able to do things that we never thought were possible. And I can't wait to look back and go, man, look at what that was. We have women getting cars right now, single moms, single moms that get cars that uh, we got. We delivered a car yesterday to a family that didn't have a car. Shouldn't we be doing that? <laughs> now that person can go to work and they can get a job and they're, you know, I'm like going, man, can you imagine if all of us did that better? Mm-hmm. And in 10 years, what that would look like. And if your kids 
really got there. that. Like if when you're having kids or you, when you're, you're raising, obviously, you know, for Evan, his own children, but then y'all are raising our kids in some ways of helping support them. But if they could look back, it won't be that they knew the right song. I promise you, dude. I'm older and I look back and go, I led worship and was experienced all that. Great. But it, it really wasn't about that. It would be about, man, you know, this person was able to share Christ with me, lead me to Christ, or solve this problem that I couldn't solve on my own. And maybe it was financial, relational, emotional, whatever it may be. Uh, counseling, I could throw that in there as well. I mean, never did, in my world did I ever think that we would spend $20,000 on counseling at the Simple Church when we started. We did last year. Why would you do that? Because it's a problem that needed to be solved. And so if we can help those people, and I would think that, correct me if I'm not wrong, have we not all been in counseling? Absolutely. <laughs> so the staff is in counseling. So I'm going, has it helped you at all? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I'll ask you. Oh, absolutely. Uh, then you go, that's why, why wouldn't we offer that to other people and, and, and be a part of that? So in a long, drawn-out answer the way I typically do, I hope that answers that question. And you'll be 60 years old in 10 years. That's right, and I can't wait. <laughs> I'm going to be a tiger riding lightning there at 60. There we go. <laughs> I had to throw it back in one more old time for Blake. Tiger. We don't have that good quote hey, this podcast. an old tiger. You wait, you'll be an old tiger one day, too. <laughs> one of these days. That was my own sound effect. That was good. I'm, we're going to save that for later. We'll put yeah. that clip back up. All right, man. Thanks for listening, dude. Join us next time. I think next one we're talking about some life group stuff. More questions. Throw up a prayer for Scott. We hope you feel better, Scott. That's it, baby. Until next time. Peace.